Coffee leaf rust disease is more widespread than earlier believed. Coffee leaf rust, or Hemalea vastatrix, is one of the most serious coffee tree diseases that has spread to all coffee-growing areas of the world. Major disease outbreaks in Asia, Africa and the Americas have reduced bean quality and continue to cause severe yield losses, in some cases as much as 70%. The disease is caused by a fungus and can be recognized by yellow powdery spots on the underside of the leaves. Recently, researchers from the University of Tsukuba and Ibaraki University have revealed that coffee leaf rust disease is widespread in the main coffee-growing regions of Vietnam, the world's second-largest coffee producer. They published their findings in the journal, Frontiers in Plant Science. One of the best ways to avoid the disease is to grow rust-resistant variants, although, even in this situation, research has identified cases of infection. Coffee leaf rust spreads mainly by wind, but human beings can also spread it when they walk in the farm, and the fungus sticks to their clothes and body, just like powder. Professor Izumi Okane, co-author of the study, is aware of the necessity of understanding the diversity of the rust population to control this disease. He also said that identifying the genetic variations that favor rust can help predict future differences. The researchers studied the occurrence of the disease in major coffee-growing areas of Vietnam, assessed the current population structure and genetic diversity of the fungus via genetic sequencing, and estimated the geographic region where the disease first established as well as its direction of migration between Vietnam's main coffee-producing areas. The research results showed that coffee leaf rust is highly prevalent in most of the regions studied, and that H. vastatrix populations in Vietnam have a close genetic relationship with several Central and South American populations. The study also identified possible starting points and migration routes of coffee leaf rust in Vietnamese coffee-growing regions. According to the study, the spread of the disease from northern to southern Vietnam revealed that agents other than wind and monsoon were involved in moving spores from an infected region to other areas. The results of this study have shed light on the genetic diversity of Hemalea vastatrix and provided new information on genetic diversity in Vietnam and Central and South America. The researchers' findings will help predict the spread of this fungus in the future. Furthermore, Seedling sources and human activities have been highlighted as factors that should be considered in the coffee-growing industry for the control of the disease. Ethiopia generates $894 million from coffee exports. According to local news sources, Ethiopia has had a successful year in the coffee sector. Recently, we wrote about the continuous growth of annual coffee exports in Ethiopia. The latest news reports that in the first three quarters of the fiscal year 2021-22, Ethiopia generated more than $894 million revenue from coffee trade. Last year, the annual revenue was $909.4 million, meaning that this year's nine-month revenue was almost the same as the previous 12 months total. The revenue was generated from more than 210,000 tons of coffee exported to the international market during the nine months, Shafi Ume, Deputy Director of the Ethiopian Coffee and Tea Authority, ECTA, said on Friday. The biggest buyer of Ethiopian coffee during this period was Germany. This means that the Ethiopian coffee sector exceeded its export target by 33% for the nine-month period. According to the Ethiopian Monitor, 
Both the revenue and volume figures have shown 74.5% and 43.66% increases, respectively, as compared to the same months of the last year. These developments may be due to the Ethiopian government's recent policy change, which allowed the farmers' unions to directly export coffee and, or, supply directly to the exporters. This has contributed to an increase in incomes in recent years. Ethiopia has also focused on improving the quality of its coffee, modernizing the trade process and various systems that benefit coffee farmers. In addition, the recent increase in global coffee prices is cited as a factor contributing to the higher figures. ICO announces collaborative research to support coffee farmers in Peru. Identifying a living wage in the coffee industry is critical to establishing a baseline, that is to say, the minimum amount a farmer should be earning. But some traders and importers are going a step further and paying extra cents on top of premiums to ensure farmers get more than just enough to survive. Organizations such as Fair Trade conduct research to determine how much a producer in a particular country should receive for a decent standard of living. Creating this standard isn't just a humanitarian endeavor, but as more young people leave the industry, it is an investment in the future of coffee. Recently, the International Coffee Organization, ICO, announced that it will conduct a similar study to determine a living wage for coffee farmers in Peru. The ICO will conduct the study in collaboration with the Anchor Research Institute, using Anchor's proprietary methodology, and some leading players in the coffee value chain. Looking at Anchor's website, we were pleased to see a straightforward vision statement which simply states, Working people and their families everywhere have a decent standard of living. If their methodology applies the same unpretentious approach, then it must be a good thing. The lack of bureaucracy might be due to the institute being run by a small team, including the founders, Richard and Martha Anker. The Ministry of Agricultural Development and Irrigation, Midagri, with the support of the Green Commodities Program, UNDP and Swiss Cooperation Agency SECO, are part of the group responsible for implementing Peru's National Coffee Action Plan. The aim of the plan is to promote the cost-effectiveness of the coffee sector and improve the quality of life of smallholder farmers. According to the ministry, the first objective is to increase productivity through sustainable production systems by 2030. The second goal is to maintain consistent coffee quality. Peru also aims to facilitate access of producers to appropriate financial services, improve positioning and commercialization of the Peruvian coffee within national and international markets, occupy the fifth place in the ranking of relevant exporting countries, and increase internal consumption by 30%. Achieving these goals also requires a significant positive impact on the lives of producer families. Decent income is one such initiative. The initiative is embedded in a regional consultation process to better understand coffee farmers' incomes and the gaps for them to earn at least a living income as a milestone towards prosperity. The project, for which Peru is partnering with private and public sector leaders to support this research, will run throughout 2022. Currently, Peru cultivates approximately 140,000 hectares of organic coffee from a total of 420,000 hectares, 
occupying second place in the ranking of organic coffee producers and exporting countries in the world. When Cropster released their new Cropster Cafe integration with Lomazoko, I dropped them a line and asked if they'd talk to me about it. Pretty soon, I was talking with Cropster Global Sales Manager of New Products, Andy Benedicta, and Nicholas Castelliano, a digital marketing specialist at the company. On the face of it, the product is self-explanatory. Your LM Espresso machine talks to Cropster's software, which can help inform you of variances between cafes and their different machines. So, why did I think this was worth an 8pm phone call? We know that espresso is the base of many coffee drinks, and that making a good espresso takes a lot of skill and a high standard of equipment. But ask yourself this question, if you're the manager of a coffee chain, would you prefer to pursue excellence at the expense of consistency? How would your customers feel about your brand, if one day they had the best espresso of their life, and the next day, perhaps in a different store, it was disappointing? One of my most frequently used axioms is, there is no quality without consistency. This is one reason why Starbucks, or McDonald's for that matter, go to tremendous lengths to ensure that their products taste the same, whichever restaurant you visit. A large part of the Cropster Cafe's purpose is to solve this problem for the coffee chains. To paraphrase Andy on the call. As you have more cafes, the value proposition becomes exponentially more. But how does it work? Or does it work? Newer LM machines have the ability to talk with the Cropster app directly, while older machines can have a gateway retrofitted, so no machine is left behind. When installed and set up, you'll start seeing all the data from your connected LM machines that you need to determine shot performance, including brew time, extraction volume, temperature and more. You'll even know which buttons on the LM machine have been assigned to do each function, so you'll get granular data on all the machine's functions, as well as be able to determine the performance of the barista. Of course, at this stage, there's no sensory analysis taking place, but it's possible to make inferences based on the numbers. As Andy described, however, the key point was that their software made it very easy to spot anomalies. Remember, we're looking for consistency in our pursuit of brand development and quality. So it all boils down to anomaly detection, and then root cause analysis. If one machine is behaving differently from the others, then you can start to go through a checklist, what is the performance of the grinder? Is the coffee the same, or from a new batch? When was the machine last serviced? With a process of deduction, you can identify and resolve issues that would simply have gone unnoticed before, until a manager visited the store. Something I've noticed about talking with Cropster folk is that there is a technical competence that runs through the company. It's not often I can talk with a head of sales figure who is as comfortable talking about application programming interfaces, APIs, as they are about bar alignment. Before we finished the conversation, I prepared my Columbo question. Tell me something you've learned in implementing this software that was perhaps unexpected. After some brief consideration, Andy explained that in fact, there is a simple feature included with the software that allows you to set tasks for the baristas. It may not be the most sophisticated feature, but giving structure through a list of tasks that need to be completed saves cafes from creating their own paper-based systems or spreadsheets. What is coming in the future? In wrapping up, we discussed how great it would be if the grinder could be included in the workflow. 
it's probably a challenging area to address. If the grinders themselves have sensors for things like burrware, temperature, and alignment, then this data could be picked up, and another aspect of espresso making could be demystified. As fertilizer is becoming more expensive to procure due to various factors, including the Russian-Ukrainian war and logistics bottlenecks, the new Kenya Planters Cooperative Union, KPCU, has decided to distribute subsidized fertilizer to coffee farmers. This is intended to increase both quality and quantity, which in turn increases farmers' income. Marin Zomo, CEC member for agriculture in Transnzoya, urges all farmers to take advantage of this opportunity while they can. She explains that farmers only have to pay 60% of the price, while 40% is covered by the government. In this way, the government wants to protect Kenyan farmers by providing them with fertilizer quickly, as large fertilizer consumers such as India, Brazil and the US are buying up large quantities, reducing global supply. The cabinet secretary in the Ministry of Agriculture, Peter Munier, explains that agricultural inputs including fertilizers are major requirements to boost crop productivity. It is estimated that if used well, fertilizers increase food and cash crop yields by 30%, thus enhancing food and income security for the country. The Muthika Coffee Cooperative agrees, expecting it to increase from a mere 800,000 kilograms to over 3 million of raw coffee cherries. Additionally, Marin Zomo said that the County Department of Agriculture and Cooperative Development would continue to offer support to our coffee farmers through training and provision of subsidized seedlings. Some farmers have already shown interest in setting up a coffee processing facility, such as nurseries. With the help of the government in the form of seedlings and fertilizer, coffee farmers will be able to achieve their goals and produce more coffee with higher quality. Nzomo added that due to the government's efforts to diversify crops, coffee farming has been growing since 2014. So far, the Department of Agriculture has distributed over 10,000 subsidized coffee seedlings to encourage more farmers to embrace coffee farming. According to KPCU, it targets more than 80,000 farmers through the subsidized program in the country, and so far in the region of Transnzoya, they have been able to register more than 5,000 farmers. The initiative has been well received by farmers, who recognize the government's efforts to support Kenyan coffee farming and protect them from rising input costs.